360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. High high. Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, we bring you a special presentation, the premiere of a new segment, People Helping People. On tonight's show, we'll learn about the upcoming Stand Down on the Delta, a four-day event designed to help homeless and struggling veterans. We'll also learn about making a successful transition from prison life back into the civilian world. All this as part of a new pilot segment called People Helping People. That's tonight on Full Circle. I'm Free Will and Franklin, your host for tonight. Keep it locked right here on KPFA. All right, welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA. As I mentioned tonight, we will feature the premiere of a new segment on Full Circle and soon the special podcast section of kpfa.org. That's Area 941. People Helping People is the project of the Rivertown Resource Center in Antioch. Each episode is recorded in the small studio there in East Contra Costa County. So, without further ado, let's check out the first episode of People Helping People. Through stories of success and survival, each episode of People Helping People aims to raise awareness and educate our communities on vital resources that are available and how to access those resources through local, community, and governmental organizations or individuals. It is our hope that sharing these resources and the information to access them will help all of us navigate the daily struggles of providing for our families, staying physically and mentally healthy, and keeping our communities safe for all of us. We are People Helping People. 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 Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of People Helping People. I'm your host, Cleveland Franklin, and I have a very exciting and very timely show for you today. We will be talking about the upcoming Stand Down on the Delta. Basically, in a nutshell, it's a four-day gathering for homeless and in-need veterans designed to help them with critical needs. Our guest today will be J.R. Wilson, co-founder and president of the Delta Veterans Group. But first, to help us understand what is a stand-down and why we need one, let's hear a commentary by Greg Lowe, a Vietnam-era veteran. Good morning, Vietnam. Now that I have your attention, this is Greg Lowe. I'm a Vietnam combat veteran. I served with the 11th Flight Infantry Brigade in Vietnam, 1970 and 71, as a combat medic. I'm also a lifetime member of Antioch VFW Post 6435. I'm here today to talk about Stand Down on the Delta, the first four-day stand down in Contra Costa County. What is a stand down? For the military, it's a retreat from combat operations to rest, relax, take a hot shower, 
eat something besides sea rations. In civilian life, it has become a retreat and revitalization for homeless and in-need veterans. Why do we need a stand-down? Here are the grim statistics for homeless and in-need veterans. Dr. David Sulskin, VA Undersecretary of Health, has finally figured out that homelessness is a medical problem. Homeless veterans' life expectancies are reduced by 30 years. That's half a lifetime. There are 22 suicides a day by veterans. Veterans account for 33% of the current homeless male population. That means between 530,000 and 840,000 are homeless sometime during the year on any given night. 300,000 are living in the streets or in shelters. Veterans are twice as likely as other Americans to become chronically homeless. Enough for the stats. I'm here to talk about Stand Down on the Delta. Four days for homeless and in-need veterans to come together with likewise people to clean up, get new clothing, hot meals, hopefully find the people, volunteers all, that can help them with their medical, personal, or legal problems. Some of the services provided during the stand-down were Contra Costa and Alameda County judges for resolution of legal problems, such as DMV tickets, infractions, misdemeanors. Las Madonnas College LVN program provided medical services. There were referral services from employment and housing, as well as entertainment, all meals, clothing, etc. The services were provided by a variety of organizations, including Antioch, VFW, Post 6435, and its auxiliary, KQED, Rotary, Knights of Paladin, and many, many other organizations and individuals that came and donated their time to help in any way they could. After four days, we hope some of the more than 300 participants were helped, motivated, to take advantages of the services and opportunities presented to them during the stand-down. If we've helped more than a few, to me and all the volunteers and organizations that participated in the stand-down, it was a great success. This is Greg Lowe signing off. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to People Helping People on Full Circle. That was a commentary by Greg Lowe, reflecting on the 2015 stand-down on the Delta at the Contra Costa County Fairgrounds in Antioch. Greg recorded that as part of the Content Creators and Engineering Training Program in Antioch. Thank you and a shout out to Greg and all the students of the program. Now I want to introduce our guest. With us tonight is J.R. Wilson. He is the junior past state commander of the Disabled American Veterans Department of California. And he's also the co-founder and president of the Delta Veterans Group. Welcome to Full Circle, J.R. And welcome to People Helping People. Thank you, Frank. JR, let's start with some history on you. Tell us about your past military experience. Absolutely. I, I grew up out here. Uh, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh in, in Antioch. I joined the military, the United States Army, in, in 1990. Um, I went in as military intelligence, which, if you ask any of my friends around here, is kind of funny because Antioch <laughs> High School counted how many days I showed up. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, but, uh, but I got into military intelligence, and I, and I went in there uh, really with the intent of, of making my life better. You know, I grew up out here in East Contra Costa County. Um, obviously, there was some struggles. Uh, I grew up in a very poor family. My, my dad uh, was a, uh, a janitor at LMC, Las Madonna's College. Um, if you ask him, he'd be a, a custodial engineer, right? Uh, but he did, he did raise us uh, with good morals and, and, and a way to give back to our community. Um, however, in high school, I, I made some very bad decisions and became homeless my, myself. I actually slept um, underneath the overpass um, on I-4 in Cavallo many, many nights. I slept in, in friends' cars. I knew where every single gas station had an unlocked 
bought a bathroom so I can wash my face before I went to work. Um, but that was from my East uh, County bringing up. Even though we were we were homeless and, and I was you know living on the street, I still wanted to work. Um, when that became um, kind of a barrier, I decided to join the United States Army in 1990 and went uh, and spent four years. Unfortunately, I became disabled while I was there. I was jumping out of an airplane and my legs bent backwards the wrong way on a landing. <laughs> I uh, wish I could go back to my last landing and redo it again. Um, however, but it did open up an opportunity to serve uh, my community with the disabled American veterans. Talk about life after you came back. What were some of the struggles that you had as a returning veteran and as a disabled veteran? You know, I'll be honest with you, Frank. When I came back uh, in 1994, I was only 24 years old. So I really didn't look at myself as a disabled person. Um, however, it did limit the, the job opportunities that I was able to, to get. Um, you know, it came to a realization that yes, I, I am disabled. You know, when we go into the military, we, we are given housing. Um, if you want it, you can also get education. Um, food and, and everything like that is, is given for you. All you had to do is show up. Um, so oftentimes when we get out, making those kinds of changes from the barracks, if you will, to the apartment and, and different things like that and getting on a, on a pay schedule, um, is somewhat difficult. I was lucky that, uh, I did this transitioning outside of Washington, D.C., um, where there was plenty of resources for me to, to get uh, help writing resumes and different things like that. But that's not everywhere. You know, especially out here in East Contra Costa County, um, we are lacking some of those transitional services for for our veterans. Well, talk about some of the challenges that returning veterans face out here in East County. As always, um, Willow Pass is a barrier, right? So when we have veterans that come back that either they have combat uh, injuries, uh, TBIs, or orthopedic conditions, oftentimes they need to get over to the VA outpatient clinic in Martinez or even to utilize the Concord Vet Center. Um, so being over here, just having that barrier of, of Willow Pass is is definitely a uh, an obstruction for them to get to services. Um, that's one of the reasons why the Concord Vet Center has uh, stepped up to the plate and, and they actually send out a counselor that's out here three times a week. Just to give you an example of some of the things that happen um, for a veteran that's, that's, let's say, get, has PTSD, I always like to use an analogy of Johnny and, and Susie. Johnny and Susie go to war, and when they come back, they come back as John and Sue. And the family says, hey, there's something wrong, right? We, we want to get Johnny and we want to get Susie back into being their normal, right? Well, the family has to be, understand that Johnny and Susie have a new normal, and that's John and, and Sue. Um, oftentimes what the family will keep on insisting, insisting, that brings a, a divide in that family. That family member um, then oftentimes will, will go to the street or even get a, a dog, right? A dog, unconditional love and stuff like that. And then they start their journey into homelessness because they don't feel like the one, their, their family has uh, uh, accepted their new normal. Also, they feel like the community hasn't accepted them. So what, that's kind of how we fit into the, to the stand down is we create a, a community for these veterans to bring them back into a community and let them know um, that they are being served by their community and, and that they are, are loved. So I would think a big barrier to that is the just accepting their new normal and educating our community on what that means um, for our, our men and women that come back with uh, PTSD or MSTs or other mental health disabilities. And what happens as we see is 
if some fall through the cracks, they can't get the help they need. Greg mentioned in his commentary that there's been um, a lot of suicides. There was um, at a time, I don't know if it's still there, but it's a 22 a day. In fact, a lot of people were realizing that, yeah. well, we're losing a lot more here at home than we're losing abroad in fighting battles. So right. talk about what happens when people can't get the help they need and how they can descend further into kind of a pit of despair right. and nowhere like to go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the 22 number, that, that, that's arguably, it could be higher. Um, and, the, and the first thing I want to talk about when we get into that too is that, uh, you know, the society, we, we think that that is the younger veteran that's that's having these problems. And most of those suicides are, are Vietnam or, or even older older veterans. Um, so that, that kind of tells us that that transition problem has been happening for years and, and decades, decades now. So what, what will happen is, yeah, that, that family doesn't accept them. They, they go to the street. Um, they, they become more reclusive the longer they have to wait for, for treatment or the longer we as a society you know, make that effort to go out and, and touch them and, and reach them. Um, they, they, they get deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods of isolation. Um, then that isolation becomes despair. And then after despair, certainly it becomes a, uh, we have a suicide ideations going on and, and different thought processes like that. So really educating our community and then being able to reach out as a community into the, into that veterans world. Um, a lot of times they don't trust the community anymore, right? So when they see people coming out there, um, they, they, they may be standing in front of you, but they're not listening, right? Um, so we got to find a way to make that connection with them. And, and the stand downs are a great way to do that and have become a great way for the community to be able to reach that, that population and then to have that population feel like they're part of our community again. You're listening to People Helping People on Full Circle. That's the voice of J.R. Wilson, the founder and president of Delta Veterans Group. Let's get into the stand down now, J.R., because this is designed to help and to benefit returning soldiers, the veterans that are struggling and to intervene at times. Tell us about the 2017 stand down. This year in 2017, we, we have a lot of uh, cool improvements um, that are going. Instead of taking 20 veterans fishing, uh, we take 40 of them fishing. It's really about building a community with me, Frank. Um, you know, all those resources are there all the time out in our, in our community. So we had to ask ourselves, why are veterans not accessing those resources that are right there in front of them? And that's when we came to the conclusion that it's because they don't feel like they're part of the community. And, and how can we make them feel like a part of the community? So for those four days, we built a community forum. And let me just clarify for everybody, this is going to take place at the Contra Costa Grounds, which is a, they have a big open space in the back. So you're going to create a community back in the back of the fairgrounds? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and give a shout out to the Contra Costa County Fairgrounds as well. They, they've donated the space for us to allow us to do this. But you're absolutely right. We, we have the whole midway. And we have the three uh, big buildings in the back um, to include the uh, where the 4-H um, has their animals and stuff during the fair. Um, so we, we create a – the Contra Costa County Library comes out there, and then we create a library because every community needs to have a library. What a great uh, way to, to, to build that community. Um, instead of handing out clothing, what we do is we create a, a storefront. And veterans get to go in there with their clothing voucher and get their clothing instead of us just handing them something. Um, so that's a little bit of a, a, the dignity that, that's involved in there. The, the fishing trip is another way that we get to utilize our, our delta. It's two blocks away from the river. So why not take these um, men and women um, fishing? They get to keep their fishing reels. Um, you see, what we've done is we took every little piece of our community out here in East Contra Costa County, and we try to incorporate that into our stand-down 
because we all grew up out here. We're all volunteers. Nobody gets paid. Um, it's just the pure passion to, to help. And that's what East Contra Costa County and, and the members that live out here are, are all about. Talk about the medical service, the dental service. What are they going to sure. get while they're there? You know, what's happening? Absolutely. We build a hospital inside one of the buildings. Uh, the VA Medical Center out of Martinez um, comes in, and they have a whole facility there. So they get a whole gamut of, of treatment that you're going to be able to get at the VA outpatient clinic. Um, we'll be out there for these veterans as, as well. All veterans have to be pre-registered, and we are looking for the homeless and at-risk um, veterans. Um, but that also means pharmaceuticals. You know, so the pharma, they bring their pharmacy out. Um, they get uh, medication counseling, how to take their medications. They get a full range of dental. They get uh, dentures uh, made, teeth pulled, cleanings. Uh, we have two organizations that are coming out for that. That's the Berkeley Free Dental Clinic, and I believe it's pronounced Henry Shine Clinic um, out of San Francisco. But they, they're going to be in two dental vans as well, and then we have uh, office space for them inside the building. Vision. They get a complete vision check and glasses, and that's through Lions International. And we have foot doctors that come in. A lot of times our veterans, they're diabetics, and they have uh, sores or ulcers that are, are not treated. Um, so we want to be able to grab that and, and take advantage of, of that mental health. Um, mental health is out there with the Concord Vet Center as well as uh, psychiatrists and psychologists, uh, volunteers as well. We have chaplains out there on site. And again, you know, we're very tolerant out here. I, I don't care what your religion is. I don't. We're going to have chaplains for uh, Catholicism, um, Baptist, uh, Muslims. What we care about is that you served your country. And we also have recovery services out there. So there'll be AA and and NA services. This event is a complete uh, drug-free and alcohol-free environment. Um, I think that's very important. I've taken a a stance of no tolerance uh, for that. I become the voice for that person that's fighting their sobriety. I do have a question about that. A lot of vets self-medicate, like you mentioned, with drugs or alcohol. And a lot of people have turned to cannabis these days. What is the view at the stand down on medical cannabis right now? Right. That is a very good question. And this question, Frank, I've had to take my, my personal feelings about it and take that out of the equation. So unfortunately, uh, medical marijuana is, is not uh, allowed. We have children that, that are there. But, uh, you know, my, my personal belief is, is medical marijuana is far better than the pharmaceuticals that, uh, that we get uh, pushed upon us every day um, from the VA outpatient clinics and, and VA medical centers all the time, regardless if it's for um, orthopedic or mental health. Yeah. So eventually I think we'll get there. Well, let me ask about the um, the theme of it because you're going with the Summer of Love yeah, theme yeah. and you're letting oh, it yeah, stand baby. for Live Our Vision Every Day. So talk about the theme, but more importantly, the actual feel of the theme, which is that people need to be loved. Oh, absolutely. Again, this is the East Contra Costa um, feel, right? And, and how we were raised out here with community and how we love everybody that, that's out here. Um, so yes, it's the summer of love. Uh, it's the 50th anniversary of 1967. Works out perfectly. Our participants are going to be in, in tie-dye shirts. Uh, so we kind of love that. It's kind of groovy. And living our vision every day. Each four days, we're going to tap into different aspects of, of love. And what does that mean? To, to have unconditional love. To you know, not critique each other. And to not judge um, but to actual love love each other um, to me that fits into our community concept without you can't have a community without love and it, you can't have a good community when there's judging and criticizing and, and stuff going on so each day we wake up 
we're going to give them a different piece of, of the community and a different piece of love. So when they leave, Frank, we want them to know that they are part of our community. And when they put their head on the, their pillow at night or their rock or wherever they go to sleep at, I want them to know that they are loved. And what that love means for me and for them is that it's, it's, it's unconditional. It is unconditional. Love is love. You know, and we have a, a passion for that out here. So we want um, to, to purvey that out to them and to their community. That's very important. And you're listening to People Helping People on Full Circle. Our guest tonight is J.R. Wilson. He's the co-founder and president of the Delta Veterans Group. And he's the main organizer, along with a whole bunch of other folks, of this year's Stand Down on the Delta. Let me ask, um, who is this open to? Talk about the people that are welcome to come and gain these services and the pet aspects. I know there's always a big issue of pets can't come along, I ain't going. And what is being offered for veterans with disabilities or special needs? To me, how can you separate a, a, an animal, a, a person's pet? That pet, again, is there oftentimes, that's their family. That's their unconditional love. That's their their way to to hold on to society, to humanity, is is love. So we we let them bring their their animals. Uh, Cart out of uh, here in Contra Costa County, Peg and, and Noel, they do a great job with the animals. Uh, they they stay on site. They're not allowed to go into the sleeping tents and to the common areas. But the um, veterans have full access to, to their pets. Um, if they have anxiety issues at night, we welcome them to come in. And, and we have set up walking areas for their dogs and their, their cats and their animals. Um, the animals also get a stand down as well. They get locator chip put in there if the veteran wants that, of course. They get fed. They get cleaned. They get pampered as well. Uh, we did have a veteran that, that came 2015. The only reason why he came there was because he was able to bring his animal. So when you stated that, hey, I can't bring my animal, I'm not coming, that's real. That does, that does happen. Um, so he came and he got, uh, he got the access to the treatment that he needed. Um, he came up to me multiple times during, that, the, during the stand down and was just uh, emotional, which was fantastic. I mean, that, that's the best thank you, you know, that you're helping somebody get that treatment. So guess what? He's coming back to volunteer. And, and he got hooked up with CART, and he volunteers with them as well, and he has a, a part-time job now. You know, his story started off by getting out of the military and going to law school and being jumped. And uh, he was jumped with bats. Um, and that two years of recovery time, um, he had some issues and lost his family and became homeless. So this is his way to uh, come on back. As far as who can come, any veteran that can prove that they're a veteran, we welcome them. Uh, we welcome if they have a family as well. You bring the family. We have different tent areas. Um, we set up uh, a main, our main area is for the male veterans uh, just because they're a larger population. The dependents uh, get their own sleeping area. And then our, for our female veterans, we make a big effort for our, our women veterans. Um, the good old boy system is, is we want to knock that down. You know, the VA and, and the military was set up for centuries for men. Well, guess what? Our sisters, our mothers, our aunts, our nieces, uh, they, they serve right along with us. So we want to give them the absolute respect that, that they can. So they get their own tent area as well. And then we have a, a family tent area that we've set up. And also, we, we accept everybody. I don't care if you're a straight male, a, you're gay, or you're lesbian, or you're transgender. Only thing I care about, Frank, is that you served your country. So everybody's welcome, and we try to we try to, to present that tolerance uh, to, to everybody. I think that's what makes our community great is that we accept everybody. 
I think that's what great um, about you and about being in your position is that you're open and accepting. And we talked earlier off the air about um, growing up out here and how it was diverse, and that's really yeah. helped you in your way. Yeah. Um, we are getting a little low on time. Let's get into a couple of the last things about how veterans can actually get their travel sometimes can be an issue for homeless folks. What are you doing to help people get the word out and to actually get to the Contra Costa County Fairgrounds? And by the way, this is happening August 11th, 12th, 13th. And 14th. And 14th. Yeah, absolutely. It's four days. Great question, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to let the veterans know where they go. They have to be pre-registered, right? And those pre-registration sites are, are local. You can go to the VA outpatient clinic in Martinez. You can go to the Bay Area Rescue Mission in Richmond in Oakland. You can go to the Behavioral Health Clinic. You can go to the Downtown Clinic in Oakland. You can go to the Downtown Clinic in San Francisco as well. Um, Fort Miley, if it's a VA location, pretty much in, in Alameda and Contra Costa County, you can sign up at those locations. And you ask about transportation. A first student out of Concord, love loved them too. They, they've also stepped up with a fantastic uh, donation of buses. So we get eight school buses that go around um, throughout the community after they drop off the children. The bus drivers volunteer their time, and they go out to Alameda, San Francisco, and, and all through parts of Contra Costa County. Uh, so we do provide busing for them. That's the reason why they have to be pre-registered to get a spot on that bus. If they have an animal, then there's three locations, the VA Outpatient Clinic in Martinez, the Behavioral Health Clinic in Oakland, as well as the San Francisco Downtown Clinic, I believe, for the animal pickup. And then uh, veterans that are wheelchair-bound. Uh, we have the, the VA has uh, volunteered uh, three buses to go around and pick them up as, as well. Um, and once they get there, um, and not only do they have those different um, tent areas, um, but for the severe disabled, we have a special needs tent that gets monitored a lot more than the other tents. So we try to address all of those uh, issues as well. All right, JR, we're about to wrap up. Where's the best place to get information that we talked about tonight so friends and family can follow up with their folks? Absolutely. And, and, and our website is the best place. Um, it is deltaveteransgroup.org. Um, there's multiple pages on that website. If you want to go to the stand down on the Delta page, um, you can get all the information on there. That's also where you can volunteer. There's a link um, right there on the deltaveteransgroup.org, stand down on the Delta page. It's called the I Volunteer. And you just link on that for, for if you want to be a volunteer. There's also another link right below that is, is if you want to provide a professional service um, to our veterans at stand down, you must be pre-registered for that. So it all starts at deltaveteransgroup.org's website. That was the voice of J.R. Wilson of the Delta Veterans Group and one of the many organizers of the Stand Down on the Delta 2017. And again, just a reminder that you have to be pre-registered to participate in the Stand Down. And registration closes August 7th. You can go to deltaveteransgroup.org for more information. And we will also have a link on the KPFA Apprentice website at kpfaapprentice.org. Thanks for joining us tonight on People Helping People, JR. Cool. Thank you. That's it for this episode of People Helping People, brought to you by collaboration between the Rivertown Resource Center in Antioch and your local community radio station, KPFA. I've been your host, Freewell and Franklin. If you are part of or know of a local community, nonprofit, or governmental organization, or even an individual that directly serves community members in Contra Costa County or the surrounding area and are interested in being featured on People Helping People, 
please send an email to getonphp at gmail.com or call 925-848-9097. Again, the email is getonphp at gmail.com or call 925-848-9097 and leave a message with your contact information. Again, thanks for listening and remember, people helping people can make the world a better place for us all. Peace. All right, welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1. I'm your host tonight, P. Will and Franklin. That was the first episode of People Helping People. Stay with us because coming up after the break, we will be joined by Roosevelt Terry. He's a man who spent 18 years behind bars and is now helping formerly, formerly incarcerated people re-enter society, successfully transitioning themselves back to life on the outside. We'll be right back. They told me the world is ugly And I can't change the world So help me Try to make me think that I ain't got no choice And I ain't got no chance These dreams I'm building Follow my heart, I bring my vision to life Create this landscape from formless, shapeless sparks In my inner mind's eye This little light of mine, I'ma let it shine. This is my design. Though the load get heavy, the road get rough. I hold it steady until my soul erupts. I change from lead to gold, cold to diamond. From the years of pressure living in this world, I'm meant to ascend. I must transcend. Talk to the wind, dance with the world, and come home again. As the earth spins and seasons blend, my degrees is 360 when my dreams begin. When I hear voices and see demons, wake up in cold sweats at night, hearing screaming, witness the Thanks. Most of you people don't believe it. Uh-uh. No, I ain't dreaming when I be seeing what I'm seeing. That's why I ain't got fear for no human being. They can't kill me, y'all. I'm already dead. I heard a whisper in my ear. I can't recall what it said. Except this. When your body stop, it ain't hardly the end. So till then, I'll be decorating my career, raising my kid. When the enemy come, I'm finna face what I did. A real man. Chest out. What? Stomach in. Here it come again. We'll keep it coming in. Full circle. It's the original occupant of the Sudan stands. You can't consider this indigenous. I'm on with the land, a journey concerning me keeping the world turning to deal with the ills of your pain and stress. With the finesse of a wild zebra, grazing in the grass, I'm at a gas car. I'm a believer in healing sativa, sedated by the belly dance of a belladonna. The karma's my armor. When hyped up volcanoes erupt, I'm naturally gassed. I bust hot fire and ash, the aftermath of new land, expanding God's creation. Giving birth to earth. From beginning to crescendo and, and then go further. Architect of frequency, each MC you heard from. Throughout the planet Earth, the symbol of original. Third, I respect the four. Tokyo to Ecuador. Being in your record store, refreshing to your extra sensory perception. I betcha you won't feel perfection. That's etched in stone. Some stress beyond and only follow truth. Proof. From flesh to bone, to sell the molecule. What I want most in life is not a jewel. Ascension, I promise you. Overcome any obstacle like I'm supposed to do. A mental giant outsmarting all the cops a new way. Logic, got it. All right, welcome back to Full Circle. That was the Bay Area Zone, Hieroglyphics, 
And you are listening to Full Circle, Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. Tonight we are featuring the first two episodes of People Helping People. Next, we will feature episode two, covering the topic of reentry. How do people that spent time in prison, oftentimes many years or even decades, how do they make a successful transition back to life on the outside? Let's get into episode two of People Helping People on Full Circle. This is People Helping People. Through stories of success and survival, each episode of People Helping People aims to raise awareness and educate our communities on vital resources that are available and how to access those resources through local, community, and governmental organizations or individuals. It is our hope that sharing these resources and the information to access them will help all of us navigate the daily struggles of providing for our families, staying physically and mentally healthy, and keeping our communities safe for all of us. We are People Helping People. 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 All right, greetings and welcome to another, excuse me, and welcome to another episode of People Helping People. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin. The United States locks up more people per capita than any other nation. But what is being done to help make sure everyone is rehabilitated and to help the nearly 700,000 people that are being released each year to readjust to life on the outside? On this episode of People Helping People, We'll be speaking with a gentleman that has some answers. He is a man that has served 18 years in prison and is now back with us in society. He is helping other formerly incarcerated people get a head start on the enormous task of getting back on your feet after long terms of incarceration. I'd like to, wel- I'd like to welcome to the show Roosevelt Terry. He is the re-entry conductor for Contra Costa County Health Services. He is also a remedy coordinator, and remedy is an acronym for re-entry, making every day yours. Welcome to People Helping People on Full Circle, Roosevelt. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for being here tonight. Well, let's start off with your own experience. Share with us um, what you're comfortable with about your own time in prison and any transitions you went through in your thinking while you were locked up and how you started into your journey into helping other inmates. Well, Frank, I I had a well, Frank, I had a really early start with the criminal justice system as a juvenile and I ultimately graduated into adult state prison. I was one of the first people in Contra Costa County to be convicted of three strikes. Uh, that was 1994. August is when my journey started. My last journey started, I should say. Uh, by September 1995, I entered San Quentin with 29 years to life. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, it took me approximately five years to kind of get my feet up under me as far as wrapping my mind around about how much time I had. So, with the passage of a specific law, it was Anti-Terrorism Effective Death Penalty Act, and it basically stopped the uh, rid of habeas corpus. And that's when a light switch went on in my head. It was no more playtime. The government was working toward 
cutting off your avenues to coming home. So I had to really buckle down, help myself. And so after 18 years um, behind bars, well, let me go back a little bit. So while you were in prison, you started to um, be an inmate counselor. What did you do? I mean, what was it on the inside while you're behind those walls that made the transition in your life to be like, I need to start helping people, and on the inside, I'm going to start working. Well, as I was saying, I hail from Richmond, California, and during that time span that I was incarcerated, it was becoming increasingly violent, and I was watching a lot of my young homeboys come through the prison, and I noticed a theme. They were extremely violent, and they were uneducated. And it was like, you know, I, being from the 70s era, that's when I came off the porch as to say, you know, I helped contribute to their attitude, I felt. And so it was like, you know, I couldn't just leave them like that. So you decided to do something about it. What did you do while you were in prison to help people? Well, I connected myself to the Men's Advisory Council in the capacity of an education and vocational counselor. I navigated people into vocation and helped them with education, everything from ABE1. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people just can't read, period. So um, let's just jump forward. After 18 years behind bars, personally, what was it like for you when you were released? Did you have a place to go, a support system? Tell us about this time in your life and the struggles you faced at this time. Upon release, culture shock. I thought every I seen a lot of people walking around with backpacks. I thought they were students. And when I found that they had everything that they owned basically in these backpacks, it was disheartening. It it was really sad. As for myself, I had a, a beautiful support system upon release. I had a wife and my mother still alive and but the challenges were still present. When it was time to go find an apartment of my own, you know, I got turned away several times. I was even advised, to, man, quit putting prison on the apartment application. Man. So housing was a big struggle. Housing was a huge struggle for me to, you know, to be somewhere, to legally be somewhere with my name actually on the lease. And what about employment? I kind of had a, a nice segue into employment. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Vernon Williams gave me my first opportunity. Vernon's been on here. We've had Vernon on. He gave me my first opportunity. As a matter of fact, he came to court and spoke for me and told the judge that if he released me, he would have a job for me. And he stuck to his word. Well, you're listening to People Helping People on Full Circle. That's the voice of Roosevelt Terry, reentry health conductor for Contra Costa County Health Services. Uh, Roosevelt, you've told us about your time in prison and part of the journey you've taken um, after your release. Talk to us now about your desire to help others in your situation on the outside. Um, what was it that got you thinking, um, this is what I need to do. I need to help these people that are being released. Prior to this time of me coming home four years ago when I came home, I just noticed a lot of different issues. I never got the opportunity to go to work furlough. I never got the opportunity to go to a halfway house. I, you know, And there were just very few opportunities that were available to me. And when I came home, there was a, this particular time, there were a lot of opportunities. And I felt that people 
inside and people coming home needed to know about these opportunities and they need to be connected with these opportunities and they needed to be given an opportunity to do better. They needed some hope. So did it seem like it was like difficult sometimes to be aware of the opportunities and to access them? Yes, sir. As I was saying, you know, a lot of people just can't read, can't write. A lot of people don't understand how to navigate the social service system. We speak a lot about reentry, we, yet we forget about those people who never entered society. In the first place. Exactly. There are, there are a, a whole group of people who have never entered society. Well, let's talk about what you're doing right now. You are um, a reentry health conductor. Um, for the Contra Costa County Health Services. What is it that you do in that capacity? And tell us at the same time, why is it, um, why is it that health is so important to a successful transition back to a fulfilling life on the outside? Well, primarily as a reentry health conductor, I help people find a health home. I try to remove a lot of the distrust and mistrust that we have for systems. Because, you know, you are experimented on while in prison. Uh, a lot of people are given things that they just don't need. So I, I'm i kind of a conduit, and the uh, health conductors program is somewhat of a conduit, especially the reentry component of it, to help you gain some trust in the health care system, to help you find a health home. Health is your wealth. You make a better employee when you're healthy. You make a better father. You make a better son. You make a better husband when you are healthy. And, you know, and health helps prolong life. And do you feel like your past and your um, transition yourself is um, a motivator for others that you um, see in your work? They have a, um, an added trust and respect for you and knowing that you know how to navigate this system and that you've navigated it yourself as a, um, a formerly incarcerated person? The connection is is imperative. They connect with me because they understand I speak that language, and they understand a lot of people know me personally or and or have heard of me, and to see me be able to come out of the mode that I was in and to now allow the hardships of prison to hinder me to the point to where I'm paralyzed outside is definitely a motivation for them. They, a lot of times when I run into people, they just can't believe the change. And why is it that health is so important to be a good father, to be a um, good parent, to be a good employee? What is it just about being healthy that helps you uh, get that work done? Healthy is an attitude. Healthy is a lifestyle. You know, healthy is you. Poor health, bad attitude. Good health, better attitude. You're going to want to get up and go to work on that day. Yes, sir. Well, along with your work at the county level, you're also making a difference in other ways there. Let's talk about REMEDY. And REMEDY is an acronym for Reentry Making Every Day Yours. Tell us about this aspect of your work and what it entails. You talked about employment aid, social services, housing. Um, we talked about the warm handoff. So talk about some of the work that you do as a REMEDY um, coordinator. Well, as a remedy coordinator, I co-facilitate support groups, and that support group runs in tandem with the Transitions Clinic. This is a specially tailored clinic for people returning. 
They have culturally humble doctors, you know, who don't look down on you for having tracks on your arms or having a bunch of tattoos in your face or whatever have you. They understand where you've been and what you've been up against. And they understand your mistrust for the system. So they actually, you know, humble themselves to accommodate the returning citizen. And they actually assist the returning, returning citizen. In the support group, we, we have various different components. We work on housing, employment, health care. Why do we put health care last when we're a health care system? Because upon returning home, you don't really, you're not concerned about your health. You're concerned about where you're going to live. You're concerned about having money in your pocket. So we, while serving health, some beautiful women came up with the concept of having a support group in tandem with that clinic so that we will be able to assist people along those things that they care about most. So talk about um, some of the social services or like what is it that you actually do to give employment aid? What is it that you exactly do? You connect them to job interviews or you get them um, some fresh clothes for inter- What is it that you do for employment aid? <laughs> well, for employment aid, I basically went out and I sought employment agencies that hired people that were returning citizens or that was their specialty. And if you are part of my support group, this is somewhat of a vetting process for that employment agency. It was so much so to where the employment agency now refers their people who they employ to the support group. It's integrated as a workshop for them to be able to work at that place and get a certain number of hours. They come to the support group. At the support group, we offer a light dinner. We have main topics. We have an eight-week curriculum with various different topics, including a health topic. But the main topics are dealing with your cognitive behavior, your social realignment, and your character refinement. Because all these things work, work hand in hand when it comes to why you do what you do. And your character, as far as how you just view things and how you respond to various different situations. And then, of course, your social realignment is prison culture and street culture and societal norms are different. So it's just realigning people. And what can you do in the the realm of housing? What is it that you do? Do you direct them? Um, We talked off the air about a warm handoff. So describe um, your employment, what you do. You just did that, but, and also the housing and then how you um, give them the warm handoff to the next person that's actually going to keep facilitating that aid. Well, see, as I was stating to begin with, we actually provide medical. So every other thing outside of medical is, is a referral. The warm handoff comes with me going first and making contact with whatever agency provides either housing services and or employment services and me really understanding that that agency will do will do a good job and when i have a participant that fits that criteria i personally take the participant to that agency this is what's called the warm handoff i make the introduction they know that this person is coming for me and they know that this person has been vetted to a certain degree well, um, Roosevelt, 
This is amazing work. Um, personally, I'm proud of the work you're doing. I want to thank you um, for the work that you're doing. Let's get into how people could um, get a hold of you or your organization. Tell our listeners um, who are the people, men, women, that can access your organization. Do they have to be uh, recently released? Could they have been released 10 years ago? Um, could they still be on the inside and planning for their um, upcoming release date? So who are the people that can seek your services? Well, you can access the, the Health Conductors Program. Anyone who can access the Health Conductors Program because we work in reducing health disparities amongst the population of people who are underserved. So you can walk in off the street and just access the health care. However, to access remedy and to access the reentry component of it, you could have got out today. You could have got out 10 years ago. You're still re-entering. If you're, you can come by via referral or via walk-in. You just, if you want help, you can come. So this is for open for men and for women? Yes, sir. So um, where do people go? What's the best way to actually access this information and um, to get a hold of Roosevelt or to get a hold of the, um, the health center? What do they actually have to do? Okay, you can contact me at area code 925-431-2792 at 2311 Love Ridge Road in Pittsburgh, California. However, that will only be until August 1st because I will be starting a new role with a new organization, which is Rubicon, and you will be able to reach me there at... Let's say I would look. He's looking up his number real quick. So, um, well, tell us about Rubicon. What you're, uh, what you're moving into, and then give us that number. Well, I'll be moving into Rubicon as an impact coach. What what is Rubicon? Rubicon programs is they serve it's multi services under one roof. They do a lot under one roof. They do employment. They do housing. Um, So it's similar work. This is all evolving around reentry for people, right? Yes, sir. The reentry is my passion. I I can't leave the reentry field. That's that's my field, and you could you'll be able to reach me there, August moving forward from August first at area code nine two five four hundred nine nine zero four. And um, just a reminder, we're going to post all these um, contact information for what you heard earlier with the Delta Veterans Group. And also, um, we'll keep the contact for your old organization as well as Rubicon. So after the show, you can go to kpfaapprentice.org, and there we'll have links to um, all of that you heard tonight. Well, let's talk a little bit about – let's go back again to the the time when you were back in prison because KPFA, as a lot of listeners know, reaches inside the walls of prison. And you happen to be doing some years at Corcoran, and that is – I believe it's south a little bit from here towards Fresno area. Yes, sir. And I think it's 88.1 KFC up in Fresno that broadcast KPFA. on those occasional times you got to hear KPFA, um, what was it like being in there and getting to hear uh, this station in particular? Well, KPFA is raw. It's uncut. It, it told you about all the laws that were coming down the pipe. You know, they gave you various different views about the various different laws that were coming down the pipe. They um, had shows live from death row 
Mumi Abu-Jamal, uh, Angela Davis spoke about the prison industrial complex on no, on numerous occasions. Um, KPFA was very uplifting for me while I was serving time in prison. And I'd like to take this time out to address anybody that's on a bunk listening to my voice at this point in time. Many a times I thought was no one outside that was striving to get the doors open for me. There was no one striving to just make a better way once I came home. You should all know that we are out here working tirelessly to make sure that you have a smooth transition back into society. You stay focused, come home. We got you from here. That's great. That's the voice of Roosevelt Terry, the reentry coordinator for Contra Costa County Health Services, also a remedy conductor, reentry, making every day yours. And we still got a couple minutes, Roosevelt. Let's talk a little bit about um, inside the walls when we're trying to, um, they call rehabilitation. And what is it that you think that we're lacking inside the walls to really get people focused um, to re-enter society? Because a lot of people believe that we're just storing people there and it's it's not a, a rehabilitative type environment. There's um, a lot of violence inside the walls. There's a lot of stuff on the streets that makes its way into the prison through some means. We don't know how they all stuff gets in there. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> talk about the the rehabilitation inside and is it working? Is it lacking? Um, what do we need to have inside prison to really get people, um, you know, ready for society to be um, good fathers, to be good um, employees, to be good employers? You know, tell, talk about the rehabilitation aspect of prison. Well, to to really start this out, I would be remiss not to say that the system is purposefully designed to steal time. So rehabilitation is is contradictory to the design of the place. It, they don't go hand in hand. You have to seek rehabilitation yourself, basically. They provide some programming, but you have to really strive to take advantage of it yourself. Um, what can be done? More programming, such as more school, more vocation, more time with your family. You know, just more humanistic type things could be done to create a better prisoner and to create a better person for society. You know, the conditions there are to the point to where it's almost as if they don't ever expect you to come back into society again. Again, that is the voice of Roosevelt Terry, a formerly incarcerated man working tirelessly to help others that find themselves in that same situation that he was in. He does that as a part of Remedy, re-entry, making every day yours, and as a re-entry health conductor for Contra Costa County Health Services, and soon to be moving on to Rubicon, which um, he's feeling like it's a good... um, a good outlook for him, a step up in the world, and I'm really proud of the work you're doing. I thank you for the work that you're doing because I feel it's really important because uh, we do lock up more people than any other nation, and a lot of people are young people you know, that have just like lost their way momentarily, and they need that chance. They need that help to get back on their feet, to so, you know, participate in you know, whatever society we got going on here. We need some, um, some healthy people with a good head on their shoulders and a straight, um, forward-looking vision that you're helping to provide. Yes, sir. So um, thank you. Um, 
Roosevelt Terry, and I look forward to um, speaking with you again. Maybe we'll get Vernon Williams back in here. We'll get you both together. That would be nice. And we'll talk about what's happening. And uh, thank you for speaking with us on Full Circle and on people helping people. You're welcome, Frank. Thank you very much for having me. That's it for this episode of People Helping People, brought to you by collaboration between the Rivertown Resource Center in Antioch and your local community radio station, KPFA. I've been your host, Freewell and Franklin. If you are part of or know of a local community, nonprofit, or governmental organization, or even an individual that directly serves community members in Contra Costa County or the surrounding area, and are interested in being featured on People Helping People, please send an email to getonphp at gmail.com or call 925-848-9097. Again, the email is getonphp at gmail.com or call 925-848-9097 and leave a message with your contact information. Again, thanks for listening, and remember, people helping people can make the world a better place for us all. Peace. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the premiere of my new segment, People Helping People, here on Full Circle. I will post links to the stand down and to all the numbers and links that Roosevelt Terry mentioned, the Center for Human Development, the Contra Costa County Health Services. All that will be on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. And remember, if you are an organization that would like to be featured on People Helping People, send an email to getonphp at gmail.com or call 925-848-9097 and leave a message. Thanks again for listening. And that also brings us to the end of tonight's Full Circle as well. Thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Be sure to join us every Friday evening at 7 p.m. or check out our website at kpfaapprentice.org for archive shows, pictures of us and our guests, important links and information and extended interviews. The executive producer for Full Circle is Miss M. Our technical direct our technical director is myself, Freewell and Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And I have been your host, Freewell and Franklin. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Stay tuned.